Welcome to a New Testament journey. We'll have our Bible reading followed by our devotional. Romans 8. Therefore there is now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus, because through Christ Jesus the law of the Spirit who gives life has set you free from the law of sin and death. For what the law was powerless to do because it was weakened by the flesh, God did by sending his own Son in the likeness of sinful flesh to be a sin offering. And so he condemned sin in the flesh in order that the righteous requirement of the law might be fully met in us, who do not live according to the flesh but according to the Spirit. Those who live according to the flesh have their minds set on what the flesh desires. Those who live in accordance with the Spirit have their minds set on what the Spirit desires. The mind governed by the flesh is death, but the mind governed by the Spirit is life and peace. The mind governed by the flesh is hostile to God. It does not submit to God's law, nor can it do so. Those who are in the realm of the flesh cannot please God. You, however, are not in the realm of the flesh, but are in the realm of the Spirit. If indeed the Spirit of God lives in you, And if anyone does not have the Spirit of Christ, they do not belong to Christ. But if Christ is in you, then even through your body is subject to death because of sin. The Spirit gives life because of righteousness. And if the Spirit of him who raised Jesus from the dead is living in you, he who raised Christ from the dead will also give life to your mortal bodies because of his Spirit who lives in you. Therefore, brothers and sisters, we have an obligation But it's not to the flesh to live according to it. If you live according to the flesh, you will die. But if by the Spirit you will put to death the misdeeds of the body, you will live. For those who are led by the Spirit of God are the children of God. The Spirit you receive does not make you slaves so that you live in fear again. Rather, the Spirit you receive brought about your adoption to sonship. And by him we cry, Abba, Father. The Spirit himself testifies with our spirit that we are God's children. Now, if we are children, then we are heirs, heirs of God and co-heirs with Christ. If indeed we share in his sufferings in order that we may also share in his glory. I consider that our present sufferings are not worth comparing with the glory that will be revealed in us. For the creation waits in eager expectation for the children of God to be revealed. For the creation was subjected to frustration, not by its own choice, but by the will of the one who subjected it, in hope that the creation itself will be liberated from its bondage to decay and brought into the freedom and glory of the children of God. We know that the whole creation has been groaning as as if in the pains of childbirth right up to present time. Not only so, but we ourselves, we who have the first fruits of the spirit grown inwardly and we wait eagerly for our adoption to sonship the redemption of our bodies for in this hope we are saved but hope that is seen in no hope at all who hopes for what they already have but we hope for what we do not yet have we wait for it patiently in the same way the spirit helps us in our weakness we do not know what we ought to pray for but the Spirit himself intercedes for us through wordless groans. And he who searches our hearts knows the mind of the Spirit, because the Spirit intercedes for God's people in accordance with the will of God. 
And we know that in all things God works for the good and those who love him, though who I being called according to his purpose. For those God foreknew, he also predestined to be conformed to the image of his son, that he might be the firstborn among many brothers and sisters. And those he predestined, he also called, those he called, he was also justified. Those he justified, he also glorified. What then shall we say in response to these things? If God is for us, who can be against us? He did not spare his own son, but gave him up for us all. How will we not also, along with him, graciously give up all things? Who will bring any charge against those whom God has chosen? It is God who justifies. Who then is the one who condemns? No one. Christ Jesus, who died more than that, who was raised to life, is at the right hand of God and is also interceding for us. Who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Shall trouble or hardship or persecution or famine or nakedness or danger or, or sword? As is written, for your sake we face death all day long. We are considered as sheep to be slaughtered. No, in all these things we are more than conquerors through him who loved us. For I am convinced that neither death nor life, neither angels nor demons, neither the present nor the future, nor any powers, neither height nor death, nor anything else in all creation will be able to separate us from the love of God. Let us in Christ Jesus our Lord. If I had a passage of the Bible I could take with me onto a desert island, this would be the chapter. We won't be condemned, ever. We can't be condemned. Oh, the liberty of that thought. I want to hold it by the cheeks and give it a kiss on the lips. Any accusation I face, I can shrug off as a lie from hell. My destiny is secure. My abundant inheritance guaranteed. But there's more. We walk each day in Holy Spirit's embrace. God himself breathes life into our bodies. He serenades us of our sonship. He lulls us to sleep in his love. Oh, the beauty of that song. It isn't just a soft thing. It isn't just a star-crossed lover blind to who I really am. No, the Spirit lives in me. He knows me. He knows the misdeeds that my body kind of likes. And yet he sings to me anyway. He stands loyally by me anyway, helping me put to death the things that kill me, helping me become a better man. But there's more. The Spirit makes me a conqueror, more than a conqueror. What the heck? The Spirit helps me set my life in the context of God's redeeming work in history. When I hurt, he shows me that the whole world hurts with me. When I cry, he shows me that the trees are crying along as well, as all of us are groaning for everything to be made new. That solidarity with all substance makes my suffering seem less severe, especially when I see that this experience is just fleeting, that endless, glorified epiphany and ecstasy are predestined and purchased by the Creator and His Christ. If I actually step back to see this story and let it soak in, it really strengthens me in my soul. But there's more. 
even when that story fades from our view and the song of God seems silent and a sense of condemnation has somehow crept back in, even then nothing can separate us from God's astonishing work on our behalf because then the Spirit earnestly intercedes for us and holds us fast in God's plans. Nothing, not a single thing you could imagine, can threaten this incredible work of grace that God is pouring all over your life. And finally, there is more. Even if a plan of the enemy does make its mark on you, even if some of the horrors of this age steal your strength or blight your body, even then this beautiful, faithful saviour will not give up on you. He will work that bitter loss into another avenue for your good. This chapter is so amazing. Please, please get its truth into your life. Here's a question for reflection. Have you even scratched the surface of what the Spirit wants to do for you? We pray God's word bears fruit in your life. For all the information about the New Testament journey, head to www.anewtestamentjourney.net.